Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Sci-Fi's Deadly Class, a new show that they are doing based on the comic by Rick Remender and Wes Craig. Uh, I am your headmaster, Alex. Uh, I will be one of the hosts of the podcast. Uh, please introduce yourself, uh, whether you're you're also a headmaster. I am also a headmaster. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, what's your name? I Justin. Right, I'm name's Justin. I'm your headmaster. <laughs> I'm Pete. <laughs> As mentioned, this Deadly Cast, uh, Deadly Class podcast, uh, we host a regular show called Comic Book Club that is live every week at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. We've been comic book fans for a very long time. If you know, yep, listen to our us. Uh, we also do a ton of TV podcasts. We do a Riverdale podcast, a Krypton podcast. If you're a sci-fi fan, happening to tune into this, uh, we do a Legion podcast. A bunch of others. You can all check them out on our website, Comic Book Club Live. Dot com. But this is the first episode. We're going to talk about the pilot for Deadly Class, which is actually posted back in December, mm. but officially premieres in January. So we're splitting the difference. Splitting the bit. diff. And for this first episode, to give you the rundown of how this is going to work, in case you've never listened to a podcast before. Just keep listening. Keep listening. Rule You'll number find one. Out. Keep listening. <laughs> Rule number one. Don't turn it off. Yeah. Don't ever turn it off. <laughs> Whatever you do. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about our history with the comic book. Uh, uh, Rick Remender. Uh, Pete got into a fight with him once, so that was nice. <laughs> yep. uh, we'll re- recap all of that. Uh, and then we'll talk about the episode. <laughs> we'll recap the major events of this first episode. And then at the end, we're going to give out some superlatives. Yes, Some indeed. superlatives to the characters. We'll see how that goes. Yes. For this first episode there. We'll see how it goes. Uh, all right. The first part <laughs> yeah. is called the reveal. 
<laughs> Someone has some homework <laughs> already. Third, I know the third Paul. It's is the third part. The Prestige. He's from Chicago, England. <laughs> oh <my laughs> in that movie. <laughs> Let's talk about the comic Deadly Class. Now, I've read every issue of it. A uh, big Rick Remender fan. I really enjoyed it a lot. The art in particular by Wes Craig is phenomenal. Yes. That's one of the main things that keeps me coming back every single issue. Uh, but we've also read Rick Remender's books for a really long time. One of the first things we talked about on our show back in the day was Fear Agent. Fear Agent. Yeah. One of his first books. And Great we talked book. about it every single month. Loved yeah. it so much. Such a Good book. Uh, great so book. very excited about Deadly Class. Um, I really enjoyed how anarchic it was. I liked the throwback to the 80s. In the comic you're talking uh, about. The comic book, yeah. yeah. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I do think one of the things, just to jump ahead a little bit, that I really appreciated about this pilot, which is different from the comic book, uh, is it was written by Rick Remender, and I think it focuses it up quite a bit. Like, yeah. we have a bunch of issues of Deadly Class, but it's spun off in a bunch of crazy directions almost immediately. This tends to bring it back. So I don't think that invalidates what happened to the comic book, but in a weird way, I actually appreciated this pilot a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you don't want people who want like the, their pure comic book translated directly to television or movies. I don't understand because, like, if I'm a fan of something, I want it to change a little bit. I don't need to see the same thing over again because I've already seen it, I've already imagined it, I've already can hear those voices. Like, I want you to, make, especially if it's done by the creator. Like, what a what fun that we get to have the same person uh, adapting uh, his own material into the television world. And I agree with you. I think it really does sort of use television and how we make television uh, very wisely and jam up the, mash up the source material to create something that has a focus and direction. Now, you haven't read every issue, right? Of right, Deadly no, I just, i huge Remender fan, but for, uh, Deadly Class is one of the first, or the only series of his that I haven't uh, picked up the entire time. Wow. So, uh, Any particular reason, or just uh, because no, we read too many comic books? I read too many comic books, and I, like, I think I missed a couple issues, and I never got back on track with it. Um, it's one that I feel like I will, especially now that we're uh, watching this show i want to go back in and actually read uh i love rick remender as a human being as a uh, you, have to, you have a court order to say this right <laughs> as a writer uh i have a love-hate relationship with him he's done some of my favorite stuff and then some of the stuff that i hate the most like what uh maybe, like frankie castle oh. for oh, yeah. those of you who are not familiar with the character of the punisher at one point he was chopped up by wolverine's son and left for dead then put back together as a sort of frankenstein's monster called frankie castle became friends with some monsters it was an awesome storyline no nope. it's an asshole and didn't like it no yeah. that's not true so and then you kind of yelled at rick remender about it at a convention right well i think i yelled at him about something else or was oh, it Frankencastle? That would be crazy if it was something else. <laughs> <laughs> you guys you guys settled your beef, though, right? Yeah, we did. We okay. did. And uh, you just can't ever be within a certain parameter, no, like a no, no, yardage. We're okay now. We're okay now. Yeah. Right, that's okay, good. cool. I'm he's glad. right behind this door, and he's going to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, that's why this try. is called Deadly Cast. Someone dies every podcast. <laughs> there are three episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so as far as the comic, I agree with you, Zalvin. The art was my favorite thing about it. It was amazing. It is. It's an ongoing comic book. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. It is. My, no, my apology. No, mostly uh, specifying for the people listening at home. Yeah. You can go pick it up on a monthly basis. Yeah, but that's uh, one strike that you just made. Cool. Cool. <laughs> so maybe I'll die first. Two more strikes and the man with the knife comes out from behind the door. I was very happy to see you remember on this as an executive producer as well. 
It makes me feel more comfortable with the project that the person who created it has a lot of say in what goes on the screen. It makes you feel more comfortable that you can yell at them if necessary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I <laughs> uh, can't wait to see him at the con. Um, but the problem I had with Deadly Class as a comic book was the fact that it was just a bunch of annoying teenagers who were really into killing people, and I couldn't quite understand what that was all about in a way that made me want to continue reading. You couldn't understand the idea of a teenager <laughs> who wants to kill a bunch of people? Yep. You, the angriest man that I know. You, the correct. adult that wants to kill a lot of people. Oh, yeah. okay. That's yeah. why you can't relate to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just never fell in love with the premise. It seemed like a kind of weird young version of Wanted, uh, where it's like a, a cult of people who think murdering is cool and to justify whatever they need to just so they can run around and murder people. Uh, so, yeah. So I was a little trepidatious about checking out this show. Well, I, well, I got to tell you, it's funny that you say that because not to keep this is not lumping on the comic at all because again, I really like the comic. Right. Uh, but if anything, it seemed totally not concerned most of the time with the actual assassin school that it yeah. set up that concept yeah. in the first issue in the first arc. And then immediately it felt like Rebender was saying, Hey, you know what the best part of school is? Skip it out of school. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree completely. But I also think the reason I, I like the, the, the concept here so well is that it's like he uses that as a metaphor for just being a teenager mm-hmm. and like being prone to lash out at anyone and anything that gets in your way and sort of being reckless and using violence and murder as the sort of uh, heightened version of that for the entertainment value. And I think that is super smart. Yeah, I disagree. Um, but uh, <laughs> great point. You sound like a teenager. <laughs> cool. Uh, exactly. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> good, good impersonation. We were doing the English thing real well. Yeah, uh, but you're doing the you're doing a teen. Well. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was uh, I was happy with the choices that this show made. I was very interested with a lot of the choices it made as far as like how they were going to tackle the things with the comic book, uh, and also how you were saying like in this first app they. Don't it's not about the school all the time. Like they go back to it every once in a while, but it's a lot of them outside the school, which I appreciated. Uh, I thought it was the opposite, actually. I thought this episode was very focused on the school and how the school worked, or at least starting to introduce that. Yeah. It felt a lot more to me like an 80s movie. I mean, there's stuff that's pulled directly for the comic book, but giving it a little more time than they did in a 20-page book or 25-page book... Um, uh, works better for me, frankly. But uh, all this out of the way, why don't we jump into the episode yeah. okay, and talk about it? So we start. Um, it, it's in nineteen. We're set in nineteen eighty-seven, which uh, really informs uh, a couple things. The music for yeah. this uh, first episode, anyway, is amazing. Like uh, really great. So yeah. good. Uh, really great. Just throughout, uh, scored really well. Like points where the music is very subtle. Other points where it really pops up mm-hmm. and uh, to great effect. Love that. And I also think setting in the eighties, um, while also maybe sort of being the writer's time when he was in high school, is also uh, the eighties were like sort of a dystopian time where like. Life was a little cheaper, it felt like, in a lot of ways, both in pop culture and in the world. And it feels like that plays into the theme a lot here. Well, the other thing that they're playing with a lot here pretty specifically is the idea that most of the 80s movies you see are about 
when there's losers, they're still kind of okay. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're doing all right. Yeah. These losers are literally living on the streets. They're living in the worst parts of town. They're being yeah. chased by the cops. Uh, they're actually homeless. Uh, and it's all because of one man, Ronald Reagan, who crawls out of a TV at one point. Yeah. yeah. Ronald Reagan gets a lot of heat in this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think that's fair. I think his legacy has eroded over time and particularly looking back on what happened during his presidency. It has. I mean, I yeah. know a lot of people still look towards him and talk about the wonderful things that he done. Well, but I think now we mostly. understand that, like, you know, he's kind of responsible for the AIDS crisis and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so that's not great. Not great with the spending, uh, things like that, though. Nancy Pelosi, the new House Democratic House Speaker, referenced Ronald Reagan in her speech uh, when she was. Well, it did exist and do stuff. So. No, but she was like big upping it. Oh, was she? Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, we kind of get... Uh, no, we're going to talk I about like politics. That's uh, <laughs> Pelosi. Oh, oh, cool. That's what I call her. Because that's based on Lollapalooza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because she rocks. Yeah, I'd like to get away from talking about politics if we could in, and then get into okay, more of the show. Let's get back to Ronald Reagan. Uh, so, so Wong <laughs> is the teacher in the school... Uh, his, he, no, the headmaster of the school is Dr. Lin, uh, the actor Mr. that Lin. played Wong. Uh, Mr. Lin, sorry. And yeah, actually, his last name Strange. is Wong. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things going on here. Benedict Wong is the name of the actor. The character he plays on the show is called Master Lin. In Doctor Strange, he played a character named Wong. Wong, right. So <laughs> when I see him, I immediately mean, think, we're all okay, right Wong. Here. <laughs> He's Wong. Uh, so Wong No, but what do you talk- just say that it is confusing? So we tried to do a little backstory there. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, appreciate the clarification. So Wong is telling kids... Uh, how uh, World War One was really started with the teenager, which was a very strong opening, I thought. Well, I'll tell you guys what, before we get too deep into talking about the first two minutes of the TV show, which is what we do on every single podcast that we do, uh, and then run out of time, let me give a brief <laughs> overview of the plot <laughs> of the episode. And then make Wait, you want to try to do things differently now? Yeah, I'm just throwing it. Oh, man. Listen, uh, this is my deadly class teaching you guys yeah. how to really podcast. He's sort of the School of Rock version of... Of uh, of the class. Did you know that Shakespeare was the original TV recapper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, fucking recap it then. Sure. There's a kid named Marcus who's on the streets. He ends up uh, well, poor man Archie is what I like to call him. <laughs> I want to find out later. <laughs> uh, and he <laughs> is. You don't think that guy looks just like Archie? No. Like what? a cracked out version of Archie. If From Archie Riverdale? was really into like uh, drugs or something. In the way that every person looks exactly like each other, sure. But in the way that different people are different, no. All right. I kind of thought he had a real Archie quality to him. Like evil Archie. Sure. I just think he looked like a Do cracked out Do you think he looks Archie. like Archie? I don't he like doesn't him. look like him, but he's like uh, the main character who like makes mistakes. I speak Pete. Maybe I'm just too into Riverdale where I see Archie... All over the place. That's you know definitely. Who else looks like Archie is Harry Potter. <laughs> what? I'm going to throw it out that's, there. That doesn't make another, any sense. Another main character who makes mistakes. Exactly. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, but Harry Potter's not as dumb as Archie is. I don't know. He's a little dumb sometimes. So I think he's Archie. Also, Luke Skywalker, very, very much Archie. Archie. Very Both. Archie. He's trying to choose between the uh, Force next door and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, the, and the dark, the rich dark, force. Yeah, the dark. He's like, ooh, ooh, do what you want. Uh, and there's a recap of Deadly Class first episode. So there's a kid named Marcus. He's on the run for the cops because he uh, seemingly killed a bunch of people in a fire. Uh, yeah. and uh, lived the, the orphanage, right? On yeah. fire. 
uh, lit the Argonage on fire. We haven't seen that event necessarily yet, uh, but we find out a little bit about it. Uh, he ends up being recruited by a bunch of students at King's Dominion, which later we find out is a school for teen assassins. That includes Saya, played by Lana Condor. Jubilee. Or, um, Jubilee from X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, also, uh, she's from To All the Boys I Loved Before, if you've seen that on Netflix. Maria, uh, played by Maria Gabriella DeFaria. Willie, uh, who ends up being one of his really good friends, uh, played by Luke Tenney. And Billy, played by Liam James, who was the kid with the green mohawk. Don't forget about Henry Rollins. Yes, but he doesn't recruit him. So they end up recruiting him. Uh, he runs away at first, then ends up coming back to them uh, and decides to join with King's Dominion, uh, finds out the school is all sorts of fucked up. Uh, he yeah. very quickly finds out the different uh, social classes. If you've ever seen any 80s movie, you know it's exactly what's going on, except for the fact that each social class is a different sort of gang. So you have a gang of uh, racist white supremacists oh. who are like the quote-unquote uh, blonde cool kids. The Dixie Mob. The Dixie Mob. Uh, you have uh, the Vatos Gang. I'm forgetting their full name. Soto Vatos. Soto Vatos Gang. Uh, there's Goths. There's... The Preps, the Hessians, Final World Order, and the Karaoke Syndicate. Yes. Uh, so all of these different gangs form the different social groups, and he needs to join one of them. Uh, part of the problem is he immediately is approached by Maria, who seems to show some interest in him. Her yeah. boyfriend does not like that, so they end up coming to blows. But he doesn't actually like Maria. He actually likes Saya, because the way that Saya Jubilee. Ha- uh, Jubilee, thank you, has uh, <laughs> re- just Jubilee and Wong all over the place in this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the way that she recruited him was she gives him a smoocheroo on top of what's that tower called? Uh, the, it's tower a, of Pisa. The leading Tower of Pisa. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's a pretty famous tower that I'm blanking on the day about. Oh, the tower from Two Towers. Y- yep, that one. Uh, That's Isengard. Isengard, yep. yeah. Isengard. Uh, it's either Isengard or the leading Tower of Pisa. I honestly don't remember which. Um, she gave him a kiss because she was told to by Master Lin. Well, was he was going to kill himself, and she was she, like, hey, I'll make out with you. And, You'll, well, you know, life isn't so bad if you can make out with somebody. Let's talk about that for a little bit because we get a little a fun animated sequence. We get the backstory on yeah, Marcus's life. Yeah, the backstory is animated, which I was like, why the fuck isn't this done exactly like the comic? The animation style? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I liked it. It was very bright. And the, the show itself is, is very dark. So the fact that the animation was brighter, if we had a just dark animation and a Are you saying show. why wasn't it Wes Craig's style? Yeah, why wasn't I it just... I think the character designs were Wes Craig's character designs. Like, they looked very similar to the comic book. It was like a more animated version of Wes yeah. Craig style. We see a lot of Wes Craig style drawings, perhaps drawn by actual Wes Craig throughout the series, or yeah. throughout the, the episode. Which um, I but liked. we see um, that we find out that Marcus was having sort of a regular day with his parents when uh, a woman committed suicide off of this tower, killing his parents, which yeah, put him in the orphanage. Yeah, and she was like aiming for him. Yeah, she, she wasn't was, like that. Was not necessarily. I mean, she's jumping off the tower, but he ends up blaming Ronald Reagan because Ronald Reagan put essentially all of these uh, people with mental difficulties yeah. back on the street. Took away funding yeah. for the psychiatric homes right. uh, in the area. So then he's on the top of this tower, and he legit goes for it. He, and uh, Sia grabs him and pulls him back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he likes her. Maria likes him. Uh, Maria wants to Classic. get away from her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, Maria's um, setting him up. 
meanwhile, he meets a bunch of the losers in the school who are hanging out on the top, smoking. Uh, they're talking about who they want to kill when they get out of King's Dominion. He tells everybody he wants to kill Ronald, Ronald Reagan, Reagan, and they all yeah. kind of laugh a little bit, though it seems like that's where the series is going. Uh, and then they get their first assignment this episode as well, which is to go out and kill somebody who deserves it and take evidence. Uh, and earlier on, we met a kind of mean homeless man who it turns out has been killing a bunch of other people in the homeless camp. Uh, camp. He and I keep mixing up Willie and Billy. Willie uh, go to kill this dude. Willie can't do it. Marcus ends up killing him. They work together. They bond as friends and they go back to King's Dominion. And Marcus was uh, this this homeless sort of crazy person took his family picture. Yeah. And so he that uh, he was boiling with rage. And so when they got down to it, um, he murdered him. <laughs> right. So the general uh, span of the episode is essentially about introducing King's Dominion, introducing the characters that we're going to be learning more about over the course of the series, and getting Marcus to ultimately make the decision that he has nowhere else to go and to take all this rage, as we talked about earlier, and channel it into being a King's Dominion is the right thing for him. And Master Lin takes him in, gives him a room, and sets him up uh, in, again, a sort of sweet, fucked-up way. So yeah. that's where we end, roughly speaking, that's the span of the episode, but let's talk about some of the best bits. Yep. What jumped out to you? What were you particularly interested in in this episode? Uh, there were a couple things I uh, I liked a lot. I liked the way that they break down the, the different uh, social groups that we talked about. Like, it was very 80s movie. And uh, sort of that mashing up 80s movie with a super violent 80s of uh, 80s high school movie with uh, sort of a, a bit of a Harry Potter thing here. The teachers are like uh, Hen the Henry Rollins character uh, teaches poisons. They're mm -hmm. learning their assassin skills. So it has that like dark arts uh, style thing where each teacher has a different thing, which I think is really fun. Uh, that's uh, uh, going to be a great way to sort of segment each episode and give each episode uh, an assignment theme. Yeah, absolutely. I hope, uh, again, that they continue with the school thing a little bit more because I like that. And I, I always like those aspects of the Harry Potter movies and books as well. The third Harry Potter book is my favorite because they actually go to school for a while. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun to play in that world. You love school. I love school. I, I liked I like going to school and I miss it. <laughs> He's crying. I, I just I just want to go back to school. Right. Another thing I liked a lot. There's this great uh, sequence where uh, Marcus is talking to Willie when they're on the way to the homeless oh, area. Yeah, I was going to bring this up as of well. Of course, uh, where they just straight up get into comic books, uh, talking about how the best yeah, comics he holds a gun to his head. That was pretty awesome. He says, "You do not shit on the Dark Phoenix saga in front of me." Um, and I love he, a man uh, with that much conviction. He hard wraps uh, Chris Claremont and John Burns run on Uncanny X Men, Fantastic. which was great. That was great what would you do that for what would you what run of comics if somebody was dissing it would you hold a gun to their head for oh i do that for with a lot of comics Jesus yeah Pete. yeah uh, and that's crazy because you actually did hold a gun to Rick Remember's head about Frankencastle. <laughs> yeah, but you, it's okay now. You've yeah, it's totally cool. Everything's fine. The There's so no hard feelings. So he is behind the door and he is going to kill you. Yeah, uh, but that's fine. Yeah, for me, uh, Starman, were you? Starman, definitely. You would definitely. You, you do would that. put a gun to someone's head like you do not. This is good comic book storytelling. Yeah. yeah. If I was like, "Fuck you, Starman sucks." Oh boy, I got my gun out. Yeah. yeah. Shoot him. Yes. No, it's just a threat. Yeah. Because oh. he doesn't mean it. Does he? Ooh. Um, for me, the stuff that kind of uh, stood out was I was very interested in that they kept referencing specific 
uh, parts of history. Uh, you know, the World War II bit, uh, the whole thing about... Uh, so you're interested to find out more about this World War II? Is that- <laughs> no, I, well, if you would let me fucking continue. I thought it was interesting the way they were kind of showing their point about how one person can make a difference or a group of people. Yes. So, like, the reason for their school is important. And they talked about that one Native American gang that stuck around, like, years after a lot oh, of yeah, them yeah. were all murdered. Very interesting stuff. And, like, the, the kind of pushing this thing that there's nobility in killing, which, as a Punisher fan, was something that was kind of like, I don't know, like, it was... This comic uh, and this TV show pushes violence in a very interesting way that is, like, supposed to be for the betterment, but you're just not sure if it really is yet. You know what I mean? I think the idea is it's probably not. Right. Yeah, I think... uh, Like how society works. (laughs) Right. Well, particularly, uh, Benedict Wadis' performance in this is phenomenal. He is completely interesting and enigmatic to watch the entire time. Uh, But given the fact that he's traveling around doing side deals with Saya and setting things up, it's pretty clear that everything is not exactly on the up and up. Also, another good clue of that is they're in an assassin school. (laughs) So I feel like there's going to be a lot of trickery and twists beyond just the general dark of what's happening there and I'm excited to see how that plays out also there's there's a lot of fun moments like the old lady who's given you uh, she's given the student uh, their kind of syllabus and their weapons and that was kind of a fun thing uh, Henry Rollins uh, uh, really fun casting for the and I thought it was a really cool moment where it's like okay if he's really teaching a class about poison and then one of the students got poisoned I like the fact that it was like no we're all sitting here because you guys did this, and this is real. So I thought that was really cool. Because he poops his pants. Well, yeah, and he doesn't let him run away. He's like, no, we're, we're all going to have to uh, deal with this. So that was very cool, because if you're like going to buy into the school and this idea, I thought that would be something that makes sense for this world. And they do a good job in that uh, in that vein by with keeping the stakes high. Like when they – so uh, they – our sort of main characters don't like this guy because he's a jerk and he is hitting on uh, Petra, the goth, I believe. So they poison him. I was like, oh, he might be dead. Like the stakes are high for all these characters because they live in this environment where anyone can sort of kill anyone. When the uh, uh, Chico and the the Soto Vados gang members are after Marcus, I'm like, oh, he could be murdered right here or he might murder these other guys. Yeah, when he asks him on a date, he doesn't mean like a real date. He means like, I want to murder you. You know, murder date. Yeah, yeah. About the old murder. Has date. anybody ever asked you on one of those? <laughs> no, not yet. I'm still oh. holding out, though. <laughs> He's on a couple of murder dating apps. Yeah, <laughs> I do think overall, uh, as a fan of the book, that they got all of the casting just right. Everybody oh, yeah. looks right and acts exactly correct. But to me, in a weird way, the best one of those is Victor. Victor is a very big character going forward. He is the worst kind of asshole possible. He is the bully jock, except through the lens of like Ivan Drago from the Rocky movies. Yeah. Uh, and he's perfect. Like he's absolutely awful. He's absolutely terrible uh, and nails everything about it. I thought that was really good. I, I also love the way they sort of, they map uh, the way young the way, the way kids relate to each other, where even though Maria like fakes this black eye and mm-hmm. tricks Marcus into going after her ex, 
and then a scene later, she's the black guy's gone, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I tricked you. I don't care. Uh, let's make out a little bit." And it's like, yeah, they don't. In another in another show, we would have to deal with that line ramifications for at least the rest of the episode. And this is just like, deal with it or don't. Let's move on. This is we're in high school. Well, yeah, it's weird. There was also like parts where I was like, holy shit, this should be a longer dealt with thing. Like they set a bum on fire and then slow motion walk away from him. And I was just like, holy fucking shit. And it's just a little moment. And then it's the next thing. So it's like really, they have a lot of intense moments in one episode. It's it's super dark. It's super anarchic in the right way. Uh, It, I don't know. You watch The Magicians, right, Pete? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great show on (laughs) sci-fi. Same sort of thing with, like, a very dark school. This Mm -hmm. goes even further there into that darkness, Uh, but it feels like a natural extension of what they're allowed to do on that show. I'm curious to see... One of the things that will keep me coming back to a show like this is if I care about all the characters. Yeah. Right now... I was impressed with the first episode. I thought it was incredibly well produced, very well acted. Uh, It moved very quickly through everything that happened, and it was dark in all the right ways and messed up. But I don't like anybody yet. And I'm curious to see whether I start to like anybody. Now, I know from the comic book, you do gravitate towards characters. There are characters who have goodness to them, but I don't think we've seen that yet. Right. They make mistakes and are not at all remorseful. There's no remorse for right. a lot of the moves in this uh, show. Including Marcus, who yeah. is crazy messed up throughout yeah. this entire episode. Well, you never, you know, they, he talks about taking a uh, street hit off somebody else's. Oh, that was just a horrible idea. You know, uh, yeah. never, never do that. But is that accurate? I've never taken a street hit. I know both of you guys have. Yeah, I, that- I eat a lot of street pills. That's not a good idea. That no, it's fine. Not, it's just on the ground. No. It's free. No, no. Those don't are, ever those are, do that. Uh, those are pebbles. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but my gizzard is full of them. Oh, man. <laughs> my pharmacy is, horrible, my man. pharmacy is the streets. <laughs> and I'm feeling good. Uh, one other uh, cast shout-out that I'll give is Lana Condor as Saya, who I think she's this very outlying element right now. She's yeah. the object of want for Marcus. She could just be this unattainable girl. Girl, but there's a lot more going on with her, and I think Lana Condor does a fantastic job of channeling at it. So I'm really curious and excited to see what happens with her character. Yeah, to me, Jubilee is the best character so far, and she isn't seems even like in the, the show. Her name is Laura Jean, Laura Jean Covey. <laughs> yeah, great. From To All the Boys I Loved Before. <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. I've seen it. Don't think I haven't. But uh, oh, Jubilee is. It's all Jubilee. Hey, Pete. Whoa, 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 right? <laughs> Peter Kavitsky. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. Oh my God. You're ridiculous. Uh, yeah, Jubilee might be the best character out of all of them so far. Oh, what do you think? Uh, who, who's your favorite character? Favorite so characters? Are we, should we do our, our superlatives? We can, but uh, just I am curious about oh. your favorite character. Right uh, now. I really like Maria uh, as a character. Don't uh, you... She's straight up lied. She faked having a black yeah, eye. We just talked about how that's yeah. sort of part of it. And I like Willie. Wait, the cast? The guy with the cast? No, that's no. Billy. That's oh, Billy. Billy. Okay. He, I understand why you confuse that. I like Billy, too. Yeah. Uh, I but don't Will- like Billy. I like Willie. Oh, cool. Uh, Willie seems like he does have a conscious, 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 yeah, uh, conscience. Uh, Here's what I think. I think that's going to be to his detriment going forward. I think yeah. you can't have a conscience at a place like King's Dominion. Uh, and I think... I don't know. We'll see, because it seems like already the TV show is going to be very different than how things go yeah. in the comic, but I don't think that's going to turn out very well for him. I like the British dude with spiky hair. 
I like Petra. Oh, you yeah? like everybody. I like everybody. <laughs> who was Petra? She uh, was the goth. She's the goth. Okay, good. I, now I was hoping she wasn't the Dixie girl who gets beat and then licks the blood and then she, is like, yeah, I'm a Nazi. She What's has a very up? flirty nosebleed. I, th- oh. I think uh, the guy really with the spiky hair out. is Lex. I think Lex, that's Lex. Spiky hair, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I like the Roof Gang. Uh, everything feels like a school. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, let's get into superlatives. What are your superlatives for the episode? Uh, I'll start. Uh, most likely to shit himself is Victor. I'm going to throw <laughs> like that out gonna, there. You think it's going to continue? It's an ongoing <laughs> colon so. problem? I think every week. That would be crazy if it's a fun running bit. Like honestly, guys, stop poisoning me with <laughs> laxatives. Or I would whatever. love that. That would be a great TV show. That's um, good TV. Uh, let's see, uh, class clown makeup, uh, Maria, because oh, she's gonna. Oh. Uh, I feel like she's gonna continue her Day of the Dead <laughs> look. Uh, class clown. That's kind of uh, racist to call it that. I think. Is it what? I don't, I don't know. think it's racist. Why know. is that racist? I because he's calling it clowns. He's saying like. They're clowns for wearing that makeup. <laughs> oh, my God. Clowns. Do they look like clowns to you? Oh no, very, Are they here to amuse That makeup you? is very scary. Oh, yeah. okay. Day of the Dead style. Pete, superlative. Um, uh, let's see. Most likely to get killed. Um, uh, it's got to be yeah, that I mean, guy with the... Uh, the arm and the brace. I, yeah, I want him dead <laughs> so fast. I I really wish he would die. Why I are you don't not like, like Billy? You He's mean Jesse Blaze Snyder? <laughs> oh, don't say that. Jesse Blaze Snyder is awesome. No, I like both of them. I like Billy. And I like Jesse Blaze Snyder, but <laughs> they're not the same person. I'm not saying they're the same person. It seems like you're saying they're the same person. They look you're just like, saying because he has like spiky hair and is a cool dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and, I'm not uh, saying anything bad. Jesus, this got very weird for a second. (laughs) What are you intuiting for this? Uh, I eat so most which arch enemy of Rick Remender. The click that I most want to die is the uh, Dixie mob. Um, I just uh, I, oh, just it, because they're white supremacists. <laughs> yeah, I just and I, it clearly I can't set up take as any more talk about bit white supremacy. Villainous. It's fucking really depressing, and every time it comes up anywhere, I'm like, no, stop, please. This is a little bit of a spoiler from the comics, but they eventually win, and it becomes a white supremacist <laughs> comic. So <laughs> oh. that isn't too much of a problem for me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I can't take it's it. It's very pro white supremacy. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck, no, that's not true. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Deadly. Cast. As mentioned, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York that's totally free. We'll talk to you about Deadly Classer, really whatever you want to talk about. Anything. Also, you can support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. We have a bunch of fun rewards there, secret slack, other things like that that you could check out. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at comic book live. Check us out at comic book club live.com for this podcast and more. And class dismissed! Oh, I- Christ, you swear you